In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good, Master of life, come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. Well, we're going to go on now in chapter 15 of John. We're going to start with verse 8. We left off at verse 7, not the last time. This is a new section. It's difficult to divide these things in sections, but you look for the theme and maybe some key words that seem to be repeated more, and you get an idea of how John is constructing the passage. We're going to start now on a theme, which of course has been there, but now it's going to be articulated. The theme up to now was more about fruit and bearing fruit. Our Lord said, I am the vine. That's Israel, right? Isaiah 5, the psalm. Isaiah, um, brother Israel, is compared to a vine. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. Now, the true there isn't opposed to false, but incomplete or imperfect. I am the vine. I am all the people of God because I am with them. I'm united with them. I'm part of them. We make up una persona mystica, as the early fathers used to say. We make one mystical person. Now we go on. Our Lord takes us through to begin to grasp the life of that vine. And the life of that vine is love. And so he begins, uh, As the Father loved me, so... I loved you. Abide in my love. We've spoken about this word before, but I didn't count them all. There's one, two, three, four. There's four of them in the early part of this uh, chapter. Abide. Be there with me. Abide in me. And let me abide in you and let my word abide in you. Now, abide sometimes in English connotes, connotes sort of be there, inert. But abide here means exactly the opposite. It's a very intense activity, interactive activity between ourselves and Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God, who is giving us his life. He's the vine, and the life goes from him out to us, the branches. So now he begins to expel out more what that life is. And so he says, starting now with verse 9, As the Father loves me, so I love you. Igapisen, you could translate them as the Father loved me, so I loved you. I don't even know how... The tra translators do that. Uh, they're both valid. Um, let me see. The tense is an aorist tense, but it sometimes can be a present. 
just going to look to see what the New American Bible does. Um, yeah, they, he takes the, they take them as a, an abiding present too. As the Father loves me, so I love you. Now let's try to imagine this for a moment. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us a tiny sense of what that means that the Father loves the Son. What does that mean? What kind of love is that? Well, first place, it's a total outpouring of self, right? The Father pours his total self out into the Son and does this from all eternity. Never a moment when it wasn't the case. And so, now our Lord says, that's the way I love you. I pour my whole self out for you. You live because I pour out my life to you in love. Okay? And so, I love you. Abide in my love. Well, of course, then, we're interested in finding out how we abide in his love, right? He tells us. He says, uh, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. That is the key. Why is that the key? Because the next line tells us. As I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. In other words, I am of one mind, one will with the Father, in my divine nature and in my human nature. And I have a human will. In fact, we have that wonderful quote, I think I've quoted before, from St. Maximus the Confessor, we are saved by the human decision of a divine person. Now, these words of John's Gospel are trying to open up for us a vision into the Trinity. And that's why uh, St. Teresa of Avila tells us that once, one time Jesus came and was speaking with her and talking to her about life in the Trinity. And she says, and this I believe is what they mean by theology. Well, it is what they mean by theology. Theology is discourse about God. That's what it is. Discourse about salvation, the sacraments, that's called economy. That's the working out of the plan. And so, how do we get an idea of how the Father loves the Son? I can tell you one way. You gaze at the cross and you look at the wound on the side, on the side of Jesus. And you just stay there, quietly, not forcing, but just gazing on that open side. And sooner or later, the Holy Spirit will invite you inside that wound. And there you will see this human heart of Jesus. And you will see this love between the Father and the Son. And it will take your breath away. It's no other... It's, word, it's beyond words, but it's real. And the best word in human language for it is love. Agape. And so... I keep his commandments. That is, I do whatever is 
most pleasing to him. Whatever he wants. And more deeply than that, see, because it says here, I keep his commandments. Huh? Uh, as I have kept the commandments of my father, I have kept them. I've done everything he told me to do. And now I'm getting ready to go to my passion. That's the human decision of a divine person. Only love can explain that. That the other person's love, will rather, is more important than my own. All I want is my love, my will, to be identified with that will. And that's unity, you see. Um, so, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, as I keep my Father's commandments. Now, commandments are not do this, do that, oh, you forgot that, do that. It's the deep, saving, mercy, compassion of the Father upon a sinful creation. And since they have one will in the Trinity, but now Jesus has a human will as well. And that human will, that human will wills humanly everything that his divine will wills divinely. And that's why that beautiful phrase that I've already just quoted, we are saved by the human decision of a divine person. Now the Lord is trying to open up for us well, what is life like in the Trinity? You know we're going to know one day forever. You know that. When we die, if we need purification, we'll get it, just so long as we stay faithful to the Lord during this life. And then the divine life itself will take over our whole being and we will live for eternity by that divine life, directly given to us, directly given to us. We'll be caught up in this infinite joy forever and ever and ever. That ought to be enough to keep us out of sin. That ought to be enough to want us to tell the world where they're headed if they want it and to help them want to want it. That's our job. And so, you see, uh, uh, I keep my father's, have kept my father's, and I abide in his love. Now he tells us, I've told you this. Why? So that my joy may be in you, and your joy be full. Pliroti. Full. You see? I want to read you a text. Um, I'm going to read a couple this time if I can. Of from the fathers of the church, because they these mystics really got it. This is a man not very well known in the in the West, Theophilus of Alexandria. He's talking about the verses one to eight, which we saw last time. I am the true vine. Drink my joy, the wine I have mixed for you. For my cup is intoxicating for me intoxicating like the most powerful antidote, like joy against the grief that sprouted in Adam. 
I have given you a table, life-giving and joy-creating, that offers in exchange for distress, distress, unspeakable joy before those who have envied you. Eat the bread that renews your nature. Drink the wine, the exaltation of immortality. Eat the bread that purges away the old bitterness and drink the wine that eases the pain of the wound. This is the healing of your nature. This is the punishment of the one who did the injury. I became the true vine in your race, that in me you might bear sweet-smelling fruit. See how he caught the heart of our Lord? He could have used another image, except this one's already biblical. What does wine do? It makes you happy. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. My life will make you happy, even in this world where there's suffering and sadness and darkness and failure and whatever. My life is a wine for you. And so, uh, Cyril of Alexandria, um, I'm going to read just the second part of this, Cyril of Alexandria. And our connection with the vine holds us fast. From a firm resolve in goodness, we proceed onward by faith, and we become his people, obtaining from him the dignity of sonship. He says that he is a vine, the mother and nourisher, as it were, of its branches. For we are begotten of him and in him in the Spirit to produce the fruits of life. You see how they got it? Why did they get it? Because they prayed not to understand the words, but the realities given to us, imprinted on our spirit by the words. That's what they got. And so this the Lord, I'm going to tell you a secret. If you want to abide in me, always abide in me, then love as I love. Okay? We'll stop and uh, take a break.